The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, own Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, myself included, I don't want anybody to avoid doing what they need to do and then 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years later, it's like, oh, I should have done more or I shouldn't have done so. And for me, with that kind of bloodshot eye incident, let's call it, that was the first big reminder of this is what can happen. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulon podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Hello and welcome back to the Insulone Podcast with myself and with Mr. Graeme O'Toole. Graeme, what's happening? Yeah, all right. Apologies, I was, I was three minutes late today. I was, I was rushing back from the gym. I was like, gotta get back, gotta get back. So I'm all good. I'm here now, ready to go, ready to record for the next half an hour or so. And let's let's talk diabetes. But I actually wanted to say, uh, I meant to say it last week, but I think I got a little bit lost in everything else we were talking about. Chris <laughs> Rudin's episode was phenomenal. Mm. I love that man. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even joking. His attitude, the way he talks about different subjects, his outlook on life. And how he ties everything back to diabetes and how to like when I when I'm editing the podcast, I'm always like picking out a moment for you might hear at the start of this episode, just a little kind of 15 to 20 second clip of what's to come and get clip something up for social media. Could have had 10 to 20 of those little clips for the beginning of the episode because he was dropping so many, so many knowledge bombs. And he's such a cool individual as well. And I love the way uh, for your time in America, you've kind of hooked up a little bit and gone for dinner and had a few drinks and had a few gym sessions. It's cool. Nice. A nice little bromance is blossoming between yourself <laughs> and Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're even, we were even already talking recently about um, getting another workout in in Florida at some stage where it's like warmer than New York, obviously. But he's a, he's a fascinating guy mm. and he's, He's somebody who has obviously dealt with a lot in his life. And as for anybody who even listened to the episode, like you can tell that the adversity in his life has now turned into the advantage in his life, essentially, because pretty much everything that he does has been based from 
those experiences, you know, with his arm, with his diabetes, the fact that he's now a motivational speaker as a result of these things is, is fascinating. Um, and actually now that you mention it, so I don't even know if I've said this to you, Graham, but anytime I have like a really in-depth conversation or, uh, or like a really interesting podcast, because obviously the guests that we have on the podcast are people that I want to learn from. I want to speak with, I want to understand and get insight into their life and see, do they think similarly to how I think? Do they challenge how I think? All these different kind of things. But anytime I have a really interesting conversation with somebody, after the conversation, I sit down for like 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes and jot down my main points or kind of takeaways from that conversation. And I did that originally with Chris's first episode, like my main takeaways and what stood out to me and things that, you know, I find fascinating, even in terms of how he thinks or how someone else thinks. But I also did that with the recent episode that we did. And I kind of broke it into seven bullet points from, or seven bullet points about my main takeaways from the podcast. And also when me and Chris went for dinner and a couple of drinks, and I basically went through those points with the group inside our type 1% program on our, on our weekly zoom call, um, in more depth around, you know, what actually stood out to me? How can someone think about a certain thing? How can somebody use something that is seemingly negative as a positive? Um, so Chris's conversation was one that I, I looked forward to sitting down and kind of jotting down those main points. Yeah, and just a couple of interesting points as well, and it kind of made me think as well, where, and there was one specific moment that stood out for me, and it was, and I'm, I'm, I don't think I have them verbatim here, but it was something along the lines of the pursuit of perfection is a negative experience. And the pursuit of happiness, I think, isn't it? Happiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so true because you think, well, I have to be happy and I have to, and I think it's like perfect blood sugars, those unicorn bloods, all that kind of stuff. I have to get everything perfect. And when I do have everything perfect, then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And it goes, the pursuit of that is actually a negative because you're in the moment of your pursuing that, you actually are reminding yourself that you don't have it in that time, which is actually mm-hmm. a very interesting point. And I was just saying, how can I apply that to my life? And I suppose the essence of that is more be in the now as opposed to and be happy now and see what you have right now and how can you be happy with that as opposed to delaying your happiness sometime in the future because, oh, I will be happy when I get X, but mm-hmm. will I actually be happy? Because when I get X, then I'll just want Y, which is further along. So yeah, it was class. It was, it, for, even for a non-diabetic to be listening to that and how to apply that to my own life was fascinating. And again, you alluded to it there and I'm sure you said it in the podcast, that was the second time you've had Chris as a guest. So if you did enjoy Chris's conversations, listen back to the first one as well. Cause that I just, I, the second I heard Chris's voice in the most recent one, it just transported me back to the first one. Cause he was one of, <laughs> he was one of the first guests we had on the podcast. And I was remember thinking, God, this is so good having guests yeah. on and hearing different people's perspectives on life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of say that. Yeah. And even, even the kind of happiness thing, it's like, a. 
it's almost like, as you say, and obviously as Chris said in, in a lot more detail, thinking about, I'm going to be happy when, I'm going to be happy when I'm in this place, when I get this thing, when I see this person, whatever it might be. And as you say, it's like almost consciously or subconsciously reminding yourself that you're not happy right now, which mm. shouldn't be the way. And it kind of ties into what what people will hear a lot around like, oh, live in the moment, be present, all these kind of things. And I, I find from my own experience and even in my own life, it's like I find it very difficult to be present and to be in the moment. And I find myself, because I'm conscious of it, in a moment where I want to be present, I find myself trying to be present mm. and then thinking about it. And then I'm like, am I present enough in this moment? And I, I, don't, I don't really know how to articulate it, but it's like in, a, in something, in a time or a moment that I really want to kind of cherish or appreciate I tr- I try so hard to be in that moment. I, I, I had you know this, I had this experience sense? last night. I had this okay. experience last night. <laughs> so uh, not to get too into my own personal life, but um, yeah. like I'm in my early 30s now. And obviously I've been with my girlfriend for what, seven years? And you, 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 the talk is like, oh, you know, someday in the near future, if we're lucky enough, we'll have kids and all that. And I've got a few friends in my my siblings all have kids and it's that conversation where it's it's the most love you will ever have in your life however your life changes your life changes for good so and especially i think since my sister had a kid and she's just been explaining like you know obviously she loves her daughter and all that but her life has changed and now her whole life now is making sure this child is all right and so for the last maybe year or so, I'm really trying to live in the moment, live in the present of like, I really enjoy my life. Like, <laughs> I, I really enjoy uh, my life as it is. I enjoy my relationship, my family, my uh, my work. I'm looking forward to the day that I have children, but I don't want to right now. And I'm really going, just really cherish this. And yesterday was a perfect example where, <laughs> so I had the whole apartment to myself, I was a little bit hungover and I did nothing. When I, and I rarely have these days, but I, I put it aside, I did nothing. And I watched nine episodes of Yellowstone, what? which is a Paramount TV show featuring Kevin Costner. It is so good. If anybody is watching it or has watched it, you will understand how good it is. It is one of the best series I've ever seen in my life. And there was one moment and I was like, God, this is great. There's, I, I'm just by myself watching a show I love. I'm eating, I'm eating takeaway, and I go, just really appreciate this because <laughs> Graham, you're 32 in the next couple of months, and you won't get too many more years of this. So I was like, and literally last night, and I could, but then as I was there, I was like, no, you've got to really appreciate. No, Graham, you're not appreciating it enough, and now you're yeah, thinking yeah, about yeah. appreciating it. But uh, yeah, it was funny just saying that. It's like literally happened to me last night. It's ex- but that's exactly it. It's like you're in that moment, and you're thinking, you're not, you're not appreciative enough. Yeah. You know, be be more thankful <laughs> of this exact moment, <laughs> and so you don't quiet. know how to do it. Yeah, <laughs> no stresses. You've no stress. You have no stress right now. Yeah. Literally, no stresses. Take it. Um, mm. But yeah, we're nearly yeah. 10 minutes into the episode now and <laughs> yeah. 
I don't think the word diabetes has even been been mentioned. So what do you want to talk about today, Owen? So what I want to talk about today is something that happened to me during the week after, well, kind of following on from George's email that we read out. And George was obviously somebody who had sent in a very in-depth email, which we appreciate, and went into detail around you know, his dramatic introduction to to diabetes and his recent diagnosis. And firstly, I loved how much of a kind of like proactive approach George is already taken with his diabetes management. And it's fantastic to hear. But what happened to me during the week, I'll I'll tell you a little story, Ray. Go for it. Story time. Basically, I woke up one of the mornings and I went into the bathroom to whatever, wash my face, brush my teeth. And one of my eyes was really bloodshot, like more bloodshot than it has ever been. And my initial thought was, oh my God, this is something wrong with my eye because of my diabetes. And looking back on it now, it was a completely like, irrational reaction to have but also at the same time was kind of rational too because the longer that I live with diabetes and I know anybody listening to this podcast who lives with diabetes too can probably relate the longer that I live with diabetes it's almost like the the more I I'm not going to say the more I think about it because I don't think about it a lot, but the more I am aware of the potential complications. Now, when I looked at my eye and it was super bloodshot, I was freaking out and I was thinking, this is an internal bleed in my eye. This is whatever. It's not a good thing. And in that moment, it was almost as if my entire life with diabetes flashed before my eyes it was unbelievable because it was almost like I was instantly caught in this regret of times where I wasn't managing as well as I should have been managing or a holiday that I went on where I didn't manage it as much as I should have and it was like the whole thing kind of flashed before my eyes and I was thinking, why did I do this at that time? Why didn't I do this at that time? It was like a fear of what I thought had happened as a result of not managing my diabetes at a certain time. Now, (laughs) looking back on it now, my eyes are, are fine and people get bloodshot eyes all the time. Even if you're not diabetic, it's not purely related to the fact that I have diabetes. But when you live with type 1 diabetes, well, even from my own perspective, you become a lot more aware of the potential of what can happen. Mm. And particularly when you live with it longer. Now, I've been living with it now for 11 years and a couple months. My body isn't as let's call it as healthy now after 11 years with diabetes as it was the first year I had diabetes. And it's like, the way I feel about it is the longer that I have it, 
the more potential there is for something that could happen. And I was thinking about it then for the week. And I was thinking, you know, why did I react in that way? And why did I have that kind of sense of worry or regret over what I thought I had or hadn't done, which may have led to the bloodshot eye, which was just a regular bloodshot eye. It wasn't like an internal bleed or anything, thankfully. And then I was kind of thinking about it like it's so important for people not to regret their management because I've spoken to hundreds, probably thousands of diabetics at this stage throughout my life. And I've spoken to a lot of people who do regret what they did or didn't do. And I'm never going to come from a place and, and tell people what you should or shouldn't do. Your life is your life. But I always feel very passionately about taking action on your health right now. Because if you are in a position right now that you are proactively managing your diabetes, you're putting yourself in a good position short term and long term with your health. And for me, that that moment where I saw I saw the bloodshot eye, it was like a boom. This is the reality. Yeah. Even though it wasn't it, thankfully, but it it was almost like a a, a reminder. A, yeah, a re, a really like a really potent reminder of this is the reality of the condition. And what can happen oftentimes is like, because with your diabetes, yes, of course, like short term, you, you can feel tired and frustrated and pissed off and low on energy with up and down blood sugars and these kind of things. But the long term potential consequence is long term and it's almost like we can bat it off 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 and then maybe one day we can't bat it off i you've you've said yourself before that no you and nobody has perfect management and but i would consider that you would have fairly good management of your diabetes and even if it's someone like you who does have good management of your diabetes, does diabetes, and I never really thought like this until just listening to you there, does it slowly, does it chip away at your health or in general, or if you can just keep on top of it, you should be okay. Does that kind of make sense? That, that question. Yeah. Because for, for you, it's kind of like, well, you have good management. So in my eyes, someone like you would have no complications. Well, if you do, will it still chip away hmm. at your health and there are still complications for you? You're just lessening it. Yeah, yeah. like uh, that's kind of how I feel about my own management. You know, like I'm fully aware of the fact that the longer that I live with it, the more potential there is for something to happen that I don't want to happen, basically. It's an interesting one, though, because like I have seen people who do have complications after relatively short periods of time and then i've spoken to other people who don't have any complications who have had it a much longer time and there isn't really much difference in terms of how they have or haven't managed their diabetes so it, it almost seems as if 
some people may be more susceptible to experiencing something. I don't mm-hmm. really know. I can't say that for definite. But even just, again, from my own experience of speaking to so many people and knowing so many people with diabetes, it's like some people see an impact in a shorter space of time. Some people don't. Martin, who we spoke about on the podcast last week, one of our clients inside the Type 1% program, he was experiencing complications within his first decade. And admittedly, he wasn't managing it as well as he should have. But I also know people who are managing it pretty similarly to how Martin was and didn't or haven't seen complications. So what I always say is it's like be aware of the long term, but don't be obsessed by it. But be aware of it so that it's that extra nudge for you to manage it. Because myself included, I don't want anybody to avoid doing what they need to do and then 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years later, it's like, oh, shit. Oh, excuse my language. Um, I should have done more or I shouldn't have done something. You, you know what I mean? And for me, with that kind of bloodshot eye incident, let's call it, it was almost like that was the first kind of big reminder of this is what can happen. And it's, well, it's not funny, but for lack of a better word, it's funny because sometimes people are under the impression that I don't think about these things or I don't worry about these things from time to time because I have a podcast or, or because I have a program that works with type one diabetics, but the podcast exists and my business and my coaching program exist because I think about these things. If I didn't consider or worry or contemplate the short term and long term with my own diabetes, this podcast wouldn't exist. My coaching program wouldn't exist. But they do exist because I understand and I'm in the thick of the mental, the physical and the emotional with diabetes. And again, I'm not telling people what they should or shouldn't do. That's not my business. It's your life. But from a diabetic's perspective, I want everybody to take action now today on what they can control so that 5, 10, 15, 30, 50 years later, they're healthy and happy. That's basically voice crack. Boom. That's not me getting emotional. That's just my voice cracking. And it hasn't actually happened for a few weeks, but quite fitting for this moment. No, that's good. No, I I like that. And we, we, we said quite often that, you know, we can have a laugh and a joke on this podcast, which we do quite often, but there is a seriousness to it all. And that was a reminder for you. And it's good that you share that as well. Cause uh, as you said, it's that little nudge, that little nudge that sometimes people, people might need in every aspect of, of everyone's life. Um, and it's uh, diabetic related there. So Owen, what do you need a nudge in? 
It's a good question. What do I need to nudge in? Because you were some, and we were even speaking about it before we pressed record about internal or external accountability towards something. And you, <clears throat> there's another voice crack. Here we go. I'm on a roll. You're obviously somebody, Graham, who is ambitious, who works hard, who admittedly finds it difficult to take a day off, <laughs> much like myself. Yeah. Do you feel like you need an extra nudge towards something? Um, I think professionally, I'm in a good spot. Oh, there we go. What are we at? It's my insulin alarm. What are we at? Take my basil. Um, see, I think it kind. See, I think the nudge and the thing we were talking about at the start of the podcast are kind of interlinked. So, in terms of where I would initially always go, a nudge for my career. And I still see my career. I'm only like not even halfway where I want to be in terms of my broadcasting career. I still see there's a there's a big kind of flight of stairs I see in front of me and I want to try and keep getting to the top. And initially my nudge would go, yeah, you got to keep on pushing. You got to do more. You got to do more. You got to do more because you kind of keep on climbing that stairs. But then my head goes to, yeah, but is that then the pursuit of this happiness mm. that will I ever be at? that happiness stage so i'm personally really trying to enjoy where i'm at now in my career in terms of i recently moved radio station and uh i'm very happy where i'm at uh is everything perfect no don't think anywhere has it perfect but i'm really trying to you know come to terms with not everything is going to be perfect everywhere you go like we moved oh this is going to be perfect and we get there really enjoyable people are really nice uh, we're happy where we're going but it's not perfect and then I'll go, but yeah, but what if we move here? That'll be perfect. It won't be. So, mm. yeah, I really think the two are intertwined. And I don't necessarily, well, I can't necessarily think of what I need to nudge for right now. Maybe my nudge is to try and keep being happy in the now. Mm. Um, and to keep reminding myself that. Because when I was younger, I was just chasing, 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 getting stressed, working mm. myself up. So my actually, there we go. My nudge is to keep being happy in the now. and Keep mm. remembering that. As like opposed that. to trying to chase everything. I hope that kind of it does. It does. And it makes a lot of sense. And it's like, I'd be similar. I, I know we're kind of going off diabetes here, but I love, I love this type of It's all of related. Talk. It's all related. But it's like the, and I suppose it is tied into diabetes because there's no finish line with diabetes. You're not working towards an end goal because essentially there isn't really an end, you know? <laughs> so it's like your consistency with your management is the goal. Because that's what makes you feel good. That's what makes you feel energized. And I suppose, yeah, even not that we're old, but the older that we get, I think better too of like, well, it's not when this thing happens. It's like the thing is happening right now. You know, and I used to think, well, what I try and do is look back on something I have done already that I always wanted to do. Like, for example, we would have said, oh, can't, can't wait for the podcast to hit X amount of listeners. And then when you hit it, it's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's cool. But you've, you kind of feel the same. Mm. <laughs> you know, like your life doesn't change, you know. So it's like finding the, the enjoyment of everything that you do each day, I think, is the most important part. Yeah. Which is difficult. Yeah, absolutely. 
but that's why even with it and we we spoke about this inside my program like the first training that we did as a group um after the new year kind of looking at well what did you think from 2022 what do you expect from 2023 and we looked at you know goals and targets and things that we want to achieve but most importantly we looked at how do you want to feel in 23 because if you tie your happiness or enjoyment to hitting a certain target or a certain goal when you hit it it's a bit of a anticlimax but the process to get to that thing and how you feel getting to that thing and knowing that once you hit something a target or a goal you can still do more and it's the constant enjoyment i feel with that let's leave it there because you gotta take your insulin I do, I do. Thanks for the reminder. Thanks for the nudge. I got to, I got to cook a roast dinner now. So it's my job for the poor thing. That's my job. What do you do for your roast? So uh, I'm doing roast chicken today, and for the first time ever, I'm going to try and uh, I'm going to try and cook the roast potatoes myself. So Uh got got my got my potatoes here. <laughs> gonna boil them, gonna skin them, gonna boil them, gonna cut them, then I have to lad them in oil and then roast them. We'll see how we get on. What do you have? Do you just have gravy with your roast potatoes? So I'll have roast potato, like in general, what's on my roast or what no, I have? What do you have with them? Oh, roast gravy, potatoes. gravy, 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 yeah, yeah gravy, gravy. That's, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. I got some Yorkshire puddings as well, which I know oh, tradi- traditionally yeah. goes with the beef roast, but I love them so much that I'm putting them with the chicken roast. Now, I'm not making them from scratch. I was going to say. No, I, I wouldn't even know how to start. I wouldn't where to start with that. My mother makes Yorkshire puddings and like from scratch and they're the, like the nicest things in the world. I'm going to start with the roast potatoes and then I'll go, I'll move on to Yorkshire puddings next time. Send us a photo. We can, we'll do. We can oh, I'm going to document it on my Instagram. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if you're not following Graham on Instagram, go follow yeah. him because he's, he's a famous radio presenter in Ireland yeah, here's a follow right people are probably sick of, sick of us talking right now Graham have a good day you too listener have a good day have a good week look after your blood sugar I love you take care see you later